0: Folks, this week we're going to join a very interesting author. Her name is Carrie Carbonaro, and she is located in Long Island, New York. And she's written a great book. It's called The Money Queen's Guide, and it's for women who want to build wealth and banish fear. Carrie, welcome in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now let's talk about this. I've written some books, and it's not something you sit down in the middle of the night and do. It's something you plan out. What What inspired you to write the book?
1: Well, it's interesting. So I've been a practicing financial planner for uh, twenty years. And I had so much knowledge in my head that I wanted to get out of my head and onto paper to share with people that that really was my impetus to see if I could actually reach people who don't come to me and who don't have the money to pay me sort of for pretty much anyone, anyone who needs the help. And I think everybody should have help in financial literacy.
0: You know, why do people not get help? Is it because they're ashamed or, or don't want to admit they don't know something, or is it because they don't have time or they don't, they claim they you know, don't have time? You know, I think
1: it's all of the above. I think that, first of all, financial literacy is not taught anywhere, so you either have to learn it on your own or you have to learn it from your parents. <laughs> you don't get it in school. So it's just one of those interesting things that is just completely missing from our core knowledge. And it's incredibly important.
0: Well, here's what people learn from their parents a lot of times, how not to do things the right way. And they just assume since their parents did it, it was the right way.
1: Right, exactly, Credit exactly, cards? or a lot of negative, you know, overspending and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, But yeah, so I think that that's one of the reasons. Secondly, I think the perception is that, you know, it's expensive. And it maybe it's not worth it to go to a, you know, a certified financial planner, which obviously I totally disagree with, because I think it's invaluable. I think, you know, the two areas you want to maximize your life with health and wealth, you can't put a price tag on either of those.
0: No, you have a chapter in your book called uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. Explain that.
1: So it's exactly pretty much what I'm talking about, that every single person should have some sort of financial plan. Because if you're going to plan a wedding, you're going to plan a vacation, why wouldn't you plan the rest of your financial life? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why the most important thing that you plan for, which is your financial freedom or retirement, is just an afterthought.
0: Now, this book was written towards women because a lot of times the man in the household handles the finances, and then, unfortunately, us guys pass away first many times, and then women are left to fend for themselves, and many times they're taken advantage of, aren't they?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely, and it's interesting because from my experience now, I don't work exclusively with women, but I work with a majority of women. So I see what happens with men, I, ha- I see what happens with women, and it's interesting because there's such a different dynamic with women and money. The generalization, I would say, is that women are incredibly conservative, too conservative. They're nervous, they're fearful, they don't make decisions, um, you know, they just really do not want to deal with, with this whole money issue. They would much rather have somebody take care of it for themselves. But I want to teach them to do it for themselves and empower themselves to do it because, you know, there is going to be a time for most women where they're on their own, either by becoming a widow or potentially getting divorced. It's just life that's going to happen. And if it doesn't to you, then you're incredibly lucky. But for most women, they are going to find a time where they're on their own and they're going to be responsible for their own paying of bills and financial management.
0: In your practice, have you run across women who have been taken advantage of by unscrupulous financial folks?
1: Unfortunately, yes. Um, I actually have a whole topic on that, on avoiding the pitfalls and Ponzi's. In Long Island, we had Nicholas Cosmo, who was one of the Ponzi schemes uh, that came crashing down after the financial crisis. And he was the Long Island mini-Madoff. And he went after unsophisticated, middle-class people in Long Island. I actually had one person fall prey and one person I got out of it so that they didn't fall prey. That was one situation. And then I had another woman who moved out to Arizona and got involved in a gold Ponzi scheme. (laughs) And I got, luckily, after about two years of working with her and working with the authorities as well as the attorney general, I got her money back too.
0: Wow, good. You know, usually when you hear a Ponzi scheme, you know that people lose at least half their money, if not all their money.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, in out of those three cases, I only had one person lose everything. But they weren't my client anymore because they took all their money and went with the Ponzi.
0: <laughs> well, because, you know, in, in the old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it usually is, especially if it's not a regulated investment, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, but it's interesting because then we get back to the whole American greed Scenario where that's exactly what I say all the time. I actually was lucky enough to see the documentation on um, the Nicholas Cosmo. His documentation, it, he called it some sort of factoring, but in his case, it was the numbers were insane because they pretty much said cash 3%, which actually it's not even 3%, bonds 6%, stocks 8% our investment 100%, and then on top, no risk. <laughs> so, I mean, it is. It's comical. I mean, you <laughs> would laugh. I would laugh. Everybody else bought it. Well they, they,
0: well, they think that they found something no one else knows about, and they're getting in before everyone else. That's what everyone wants to do. They want to buy Apple before anybody knows Apple at a penny or right. two, Right
1: exactly it doesn't happen
0: usually I mean I've seen the the stock scams they use stocks like Apple and Dell and IBM and they say you could have got in at the ground floor well this is the next ground floor opportunity and it's just like the multi-level marketing where they show the fancy travel the houses the cars the beach scenes and it gets people's minds wandering the wrong way doesn't it
1: right right why can't I have that and guess what you can have it if you follow the simple tied-and-true principles in my book
0: well, slow and steady always there's wins no, the race. There's no
1: get-rich-quick. No,
0: it's not. And, and unfortunately, it's get-poor-quick more than it's get-rich-quick, right. isn't it?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Well, let's talk about this. You say uh, your first chapter starts out, uh, Are You a Material Girl? Now, explain that to folks listening.
1: Well, it's sort of an interesting, you know, play on Madonna, where, you know, women are, you know, usually the shoppers, usually the not-budgeters, usually the ones who maybe want expensive purses or houses or shoes or whatever. So that's sort of my psychology of, you know, what women want.
0: But there are ways to divide that. i talked to a lot of pro athletes, and when they get into the the contract phase where they get that gigantic paycheck, they don't like it when I tell them they need to put at least half of that away where they can't touch it until retirement.
1: Oh, absolutely. But they should. Yes. Well, (laughs) that gets into interest. That's interesting because that gets into the – I, you know, I, I prefer to have everybody say 50% of what they make, but everybody flips out when I say that. So the whole point is spending less than what you make. And if you consistently spend less than what you make, you will be a millionaire over time. It's just a matter of time. That's all you need. Well, how time important is it
0: for everybody out there to have an income plan set up for retirement? In addition to Social Security and whatever else they have, isn't it fair to say that streams of income in retirement are the way to have a happy retirement?
1: Absolutely. There's not even a question about it. And it's interesting. So uh, the CFP profession has been around for about 30 years now. And if you look at the chart of defined benefit plans versus defined contribution plans, it's interesting because 30 years ago is when defined benefit plans, which is your pensions, started to go the way of uh, the Dime dodo sword. bird. Or, you know, at this point we've got maybe 5% of the United States, not including the government with you know those plans and they're of course not as generous and etc so most of the plans that are left they're getting converted to cash balance plans so what my point of this is the government or the government or your employer or whomever that was your retirement so i've had clients say to me how come my parents didn't have financial planners?" and my answer is they had pensions so when you had pensions you had a pension you had social security And back in the day, that may have been enough. And you also didn't have huge debt, and you also had your mortgage paid off. So that was okay, and that was enough to live, and you didn't need financial planning. Now you have no pensions, you barely have Social Security, and it's going to keep pushing the age out and out and out. And so you need your own retirement plan with tax-deferred dollars, and you also need another uh, after-tax dollars. And so you've, you've got your savings potentially a pension. You've got to create your own pension. So you need your four oh one K and then you've got Social Security. So that's called the you know the four legged stool.
0: Yeah, streams of income. And if you can have tax free income in retirement, that's even better, correct?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> but again it depends where you are, what bracket you're in, what state you're in. Right. I have clients who are in New York City who are in, you know, a fifty five percent bracket and they're um, you know, they might have, let's say, um a two percent um, yield on their on their munis, which the taxable equivalent yield of that is, you know, four percent because they're in such a high tax bracket.
0: Yeah. Too many people I talk to have all their eggs in one basket and assume that what got them to retirement is going to get them through retirement. A lot of times that doesn't work.
1: Absolutely. It's not because you, guess what? You're not working anymore and yep. everything's changing. And, you know, we have so much going on all the time of that we cannot control. We cannot control what's going on in the stock market. We cannot control taxes. We cannot control what's going on with um, interest rates. You know, that's, that's a huge one. There's a lot of moving parts. So we can just focus on what I try to do with my clients is focus on what we can control.
0: Well, Carrie Carbonaro, certified financial planner and author of the book, The Money Queen's Guide. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And, folks, if you joined this interview late or want to listen to it again or share it with anyone you know, go to FinancialSafari.com and click on the As Heard on the Show icon. We'll be right back after this.